AM 850 WRUF Gainesville. This is 850 in the morning here on AM 850 WRUF Gainesville. Our phone number is to call 392-8255. That's 392-TALK. Pound 85 on your Alltel cellular phone or anywhere toll-free in the world, 1-877-392-8255. Uh, in the studio this morning are two world-renowned DJs, uh, Dan O'Malley and John Spano, joining me here on 8.50 in the morning. I'm Jeff Worthington. Something like that. That's kind of how we kick things off every morning for a bit on, on, on the AM side. So you FM folks didn't have all the fun. Across the hall, we were having fun too, you know? Yeah, for sure. 100%. It was yeah. fun. AM was fun. I had a it good was. time working on the AM side. Yeah. And <clears throat> we were never that good. <laughs> no, there's no doubt. About it. I was not good. I was not that good on <laughs> FM or AM. <laughs> See, I, I knew I never had the chops for FM. I didn't have the, you know, the rock voice. And I was okay with that. You know, I was fine just BSing my way through, you know, an hour straight talking on the air about just, you know, random things. And it worked. I don't think I, I don't think I had the voice. I hate my voice. To be honest with you. Is that is that a universal thing? Does everybody hate their voice? I don't know. Brad Brad last week, like I was listening well, to Brad oh, and yeah. then listening to me, and I was like, man, he is just a professional. Man. That's smooth, you know, really vibrato, good. you know. Uh uh-uh. yeah. never had it, never will, and I'm fine with that. So yeah. <laughs> Jeff yeah. Worthington is with us. Jeff, what years were you at WRUF? So I wandered into um Bob Lawrence's office. We called him Ob. Um, as a freshman in summer of, of 97 and, uh, talked to the guy and I said, Hey, I want to volunteer. He said, we'll pay you. I was like, Oh, hot damn, sign me up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started at 97, um, on overnights board hopping art bell shift or art bell show like everyone else did. So we got the crazy calls in the middle of the night and, you know, and I loved it. I, I got bitten by the radio bug really early. Um, I went to UF wanting to do TV. I was like, I'm gonna do TV. I'm gonna do TV. I'm gonna do TV. Went through the news program, did my first semester of TV, hated it, absolutely hated it, you know? And so I, I, was, I was bitten by the radio bug, I, I, that kind of stuck. So worked my way up, you know, doing the news program. I did news anchor, you know, up more shifts. Back, we, we still had carts. I know y'all missed the, missed the cart eras at RUF when y'all were there. Um, I we still We still had carts. I, I don't know about I don't know about Spana, Spana. were you there for carts or not? They were transitioning when I got there, so okay. very little with the cards. Yeah. So, I mean, even the newscasters, when they're doing their their newscasts, would bring in a tall stack of cards, you know? So all their news bites, you know, we'd be pointing back and forth to each other across the glass, you know, fire the sound bite, fire the commercial, fire the, I mean, it was, it, was a, it was a very well orchestrated thing once everything fired right. When it didn't, it fell apart pretty damn quick, you know? <laughs> and But that was, that was the fun because you were learning as you go. And that's what made that program so beneficial. Um, I always say I got more from being at RUF than I did from a lot of my classes. And I'm sure you all prob- probably agree. So yeah, so I worked my way up, um, did the news program. Halfway through, I transitioned into the operations and programming side. So um, I did the stuff with Tom Krinsky and Sid Pachter, you know, on the news side. And then got to talk, you know, work with Les Smith and Hank Connor, you know, those, those size, um, uh, Professor Burke, Charles Burke, you know, he did some of the TV stuff and, you know, y'all were there. It was fun. How, how much did Tom impact you? And- Krinsky? Oh yeah. 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 I mean, from having his class was, you know, Sid Pactor was first the gauntlet. Once you learned how to write for radio, then Tom kind of took it to the next level and how to perform for radio. And same with Hank Connor, same deal was getting the best out of you. Once you had the chops of your, the written part was more important than what you sounded like on air. Once that part was set, 
you were good. I wasn't in, this was a news track, right? That's how yeah, you got this. I, started I, news track, I really, right? I really wish that I'd taken some of those classes because I think that would have been really beneficial. I was in a production track and I never had a class with Tom. Yeah, I think you, it learned been- to, you learned to fear the red pen, you know, um, you know, as soon as you, and I'm so people remember this, but um, one fact error and you failed, you know, if you got one thing wrong, you were done. You were yeah. toast. So you learned to fear it real quick. So, uh, but between balancing classes, I kind of got in the operations side too. So when Ob left, Bob Clark, who was general manager at the time, kind of pushed me into that position. So I started handling the student staff. So I was ops manager for three and a half years, I think, when I was there. Um, so I did my undergrad and then master's as well, which was very cool because RUF actually made that a graduate assistant position. So RUF basically paid for my master's work, uh, probably about 90% of it by the time I got wow. done, which was, which was nice. So, uh, so I ended up being there basically from 97 until first part of 02. Cause I left, I left Gainesville in April of 02. Okay. So you left long about answer a, to a short question. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay that you left about a year after I had, I did. We'll get to eight fifty in the morning, but when you were doing eight fifty in the morning, where, where were you in your, in your schooling? Were you already graduated? And- no, um, let's see. So that would have been, I was still, I was still in school at that point in time. Okay. So, okay. um, cause there were, well, there, there were four incarnations of eight fifty in the morning. There was me and Javier de Diego and then Javi left and, uh, Grayson Com joined me for a semester. Then he left. And then my master's work was in the middle of that. And that's when y'all took over. I left in your capable hands for about six weeks when I couldn't do it. Big mistake, um, right? Big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> y'all kept it alive. Y'all kept it basically, you know, the only time I got in really trouble with that show was uh, Dean Terry Hines walked past the show one morning and we had um, animals in the studio from the local humane society. I got called to the carpet for that one because really? we can't have animals in the studio. So that was a one and done on that one. Unfortunately, it was a great interview. But, I thought you were going to say strippers. In the studio. No, no, that was that was y'all across the hall with the Todd. Just F them. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, but yeah, when 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 Todd was doing the morning show, I didn't get involved with that, but he came across the AM side briefly, and I kind of got involved with his show, and that's what kind of spawned off, you know, eight fifty in the morning. Part of being in the news track too was we were there for some pretty important times. Um, you know, we went, we had the Clinton impeachment and Columbine, and then September eleventh happened. Um, and I, I remember I was actually in the Tuesday morning, uh, promo meeting and Forrest Smith, who was assistant news director, kind of poked his head in, Shout out pointed Forrest at Smith. me. Yep. Yeah. He pointed at me, kind of beckoned. I was like, oh crap, I screwed up something now. Or when my, the students screwed up something and he didn't say anything. He said, we need to get CBS on the air now. And we were walking down the hall. I could see the first tower through the newsroom on fire on the TV going, okay, something's up. And that day, I mean, we were there. We were bouncing back and forth. Jason Hines was in the in the 104 studio when everything happened. So he, I was bouncing back and forth between him and the new studio and the control room. We took CBS for a good chunk of the day, did some local break-ins and everything. I mean, that was a that was a, an interesting day. So I never I didn't leave the st- the station until probably about seven eight o'clock that night. Got home and just kind of like, you know, because it was we were, you know, all day long that day, you know. Yeah. I remember I was off that day for, and I would, I'd already left UF. I was working at Turner in Atlanta and that was just a day off. And I happened to be in Gainesville and wow. somebody, the uh, Matt Adams mm-hmm. uh, from rock 104 and WRUF sent me a AOL instant messenger that said, turn on <laughs> the news. Wow. And that was how I found out about what was going on. Yeah. My parents had just moved to Houston and um, my mom was still unpacking. 
And I called her. I don't remember if she even had a TV set up at that point in time. I said, you need to get to a TV and, and see what's going on. You know, mm. um, it's just, you know, it, it, my, my dad was traveling. He was stuck in Chicago, I think. And eventually he just rented a car and drove back to Houston. Um, so it was just, you know, a, a very, very crazy time at that point, you know? Yeah. Where did you grow up? Did you grow up in South Florida or Florida? Nope. I was originally from, originally from Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. And so my, my introduction to media at that point in time was John Lanigan uh, and John Webster on WMJI, Magic 105.7. Um, so I had my little black tape recorder and I'd make my little radio shows and everything, um, you know, kind of copying that stuff. Um, and then um, we'd have some uh, relatives in Toledo, Ohio, and we'd drive that way and we'd pick up CKLW, which is out of Windsor, Ontario, Canada. You know, CKLW with the Motor City. They would basically brand themselves as a Detroit radio station out of Canada. Um, but it was like a 50,000 watt boomer. And so, you know, the classic radio stuff I kind of grew up on. We moved to Dunedin, Tampa area uh, in 89. And so I've been in Florida since, with the exception of a two-year stint in San Antonio, which came about after after RUF. Walk us back to before you were at uh, UF. Mm-hmm. So you knew that you wanted to come in and do, you said you wanted to do TV. This yep. was something before you got to UF, you're like, I'm going to be... In TV. This is what I, was, I want to do. I was gunning for Bob Barker's job. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to be a game show host. I was actually, I think my parents have filmed me on a, a, I got to be the MC for my kindergarten play of some sort. And at the end of the, the end of the line was, when I grow up, I want to be a radio announcer. Um, so I was, had the whole MC thing going on anyways. But You're going to um, have to send us that audio, right? So we can oh, go. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I, I think, I, I think my VHS, uh, my VHS uh, tape busted. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I got bitten by that bug and, um, I did some, I did an internship at WUSF and WGCU in Tampa for, I was at my senior year of high school as part of the internship program. So that was like my real first introduction to actually being in a studio in a station and everything. And then I knew nothing wandering into RUF at that point. Like, Oh, I get to play with these dials and stuff and put stuff on the air. Cool. You know? Hey, can oh, we take it back to eight fifty in the morning real quick? Sure. Yeah. I don't know how many opportunities we'll have, Dan. Uh, to reference what we did, not to take away from Jeff, no, uh, but I know we had we had fun for those few weeks. But we did do something really cool and really good uh, for the city of Gainesville while we were, had that show. Dan, why don't you tell them what that was? Uh, you remember? You're catching me off guard. We recorded a song called "We Are Gainesville." I know no, that. that's not it. We we uh, <laughs> need that audio too. My uh, girlfriend at the time. Uh, was doing all her volunteer hours at the St. Francis house, the homeless shelter in Gainesville. And I went with her one day and the, uh, the kids playground was just atrocious. I mean, it was dangerous looking. So I talked to Dan and we ended up doing a fundraiser and raised a good amount of money for, for a few weeks for Gainesville and got them a brand whole, whole brand new kids playground and everything dedicated from WRUF. So yeah, that's, that's cool. cool. I, yeah. I, some, I somehow missed that. And that, that's pretty cool. I'd forgotten about that. Yep. Yeah. That's right. We, we did, did we did on Tradio. Um, we did a, we did a, a Tradio with on, I think it was a one and one and done thing. We did a 12 hour broadcast, um, 12 hour remote from Grandy's um, at the, the restaurant there, which you know, <laughs> God, God rest his greasy soul. Um, we did a, a 12 hour a remote there. Um, and we had a different, you know, uh, geez, uh, charities and that kind of stuff, nonprofits on every hour. So a guest host every hour from each of those, you know, charity stuff. And we did tradeo for 12 hours that day, uh, the buy, sell trade and everything for that day. And we had different, different folks on to talk about their, their missions and everything too. So, 
Um, and that's always been the, the best part about radio is just that immediate effect, immediate interaction with the community. I think those of us who did the news and did, you know, stuff at RUF had a better understanding of the Gainesville area than the normal UF student, I think. I mean, for the most part, they were basically, you know, their world was on campus in their dorm and that was about it. You know, they didn't get the full picture of Alachua County. I remember covering um, the Waldo City Council when the big fires, when they had the uh, fire, fires, um, forest fires in 98, 99, somewhere around there and sat through city commission meetings at, at the Waldo you know, City Commission. Hey, there's real people around here besides these college kids, you know? Yeah, that was, I think that was part of our crusade that summer on 8.50 in the morning was dealing with the, I remember her name, Pegeen Hanrahan, and she wanted to give the uh, city, she wanted to vote for a a city council uh, raise to give them all raises. And we -hmm. we were anti them giving themselves a raise. (laughs) Well, we were comparing them and they were like already the highest paid commission in the state. And every time we mentioned her name, we would play the theme song from Wizard of Oz for the Wick. <laughs> yeah, that probably didn't go over too well. But uh, Man, I don't think it's, it it's amazing y'all lasted six weeks. It is, yeah. No, we didn't get any pushback to uh, to Tom and Forrest credit and anyone in the front office. Nobody they let us do our thing, and it was really fun. It was it was really fun. I had as much fun working on the AM side and doing Tradio and eight fifty in the morning as I did doing anything else. It was a blast. It was really yeah. a good time. Yeah. And, and with Tradio and stuff, I mean, that actually, I, I hosted Tradio the, that week after September 11th. It be, kind of became a Tradio hybrid of, you know, both Tradio plus like people calling it like a normal talk show. You know, we had to kind of rein back some people in because people were pissed. I mean, after everything that happened that week, you know, they needed some sort of outlet. And I think I provided that. And then one, one last story on top of that is that next day I had to sub in for the gospel host, um, Rose Strawbridge, it was sister Rose Strawbridge, the gospel Rose. from private. 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Well, when she would go out, Brother Jeff would come in as I was so dubbed. So I ran, you know, the whitest gospel host in the nation was, you know, me running gospel on Sunday mornings on RUF. Um, but again, had calls that morning. People just kind of, you know, we didn't put them on the air for the gospel show, uh, but just kind of venting and, you know, people just kind of figuring out what was going on at that point in time. I wanted to go back real quick to the TV and you getting out of TV. What did you find uh, that was so off-putting about being in TV that was okay with radio. I think it was the, the whole theater of the mind thing. And I know it's kind of cliche, but it was, you know, TV was show it, talk about it, show it, talk about it, sound bite, show it, talk about it. It just never resonated. I think radio had that theater of the mind. You could create whatever world you want to, whatever, you know, I did one news report. I, I did my first ever skydive. Um, I took a, a, a mini, a mini disc strapped it to my chest and jumped out of a plane, you know, and had the whole, you know, sound effects of as long as the mic held out, uh, it, it washed out a lot of it, but uh, it had enough to make a couple stories out of it. Um, part of 8.50 in the morning, we did a radio road trip in 2000. Um, I took advantage of some media credentials and um, the biggest roller coaster at the time was Millennial, Millennium Force at Cedar Point. We went up there, got free tickets, did a remote from Cedar Point. Um, and then part of that trip too um, we did a remote from the rock and roll hall of fame in Cleveland. So it was, you know, local boy comes home basically, um, and got to do a remote from the third floor of the rock and roll hall of fame in Cleveland. So that's awesome. See, and that was, it was awesome. that kind of stuff that really like, you know, you can do this stuff, TV, sure. You can show it and whatever, but this is like, you know, it's immediate, you know, it's just, it's there. And that's what radio has always been. It's that immediacy. Yeah. Cool opportunities and really awesome that they were so willing to let you run with them. 
we, you know, we had a lot of, we had a lot of free reign on the AM side to an extent, I think, you know, because yeah. it was, it was training ground. We were cutting our teeth, you know, and probably on the 104 side too. Y'all probably got away with murder occasionally, right? Spano? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was in Harry's office quite often. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the difference too. I, I, I kind of, I worked with Harry, but I never had a whole lot. I came up through the AM side with, with Ob and stuff and I kind of started running the station. So, you know, Harry was kind of, kind of a footnote to stuff that I did there. I worked more with Kathy Ferguson, who was our traffic person for a long time. Shout uh, out D- Kathy Ferguson. Yep. yep. D Washington. Um, who Shout out D. Yep. So actually, yeah, she, she passed away about three years yeah, ago, I think. That's right. Um, but she was, she was the mama bear for all of us there. They were, um, both, they were both awesome. Yep. Um, and then uh, Larry Dankner came in as GM. So I worked with them. And of course the sales staff, you know, Brian Walker, um, Mel Clark and Lauren Dukes, you know, those mm-hmm. were kind of, the folks there at that point in time. Uh, BJ Rust was the, the other accounting person. Um, so I mean, I work more on that back side of the, you know, the back office kind of stuff than more so um, probably with Harry as much. Yeah. What was your first professional job after you left US? <laughs> so funny story. Um, when I did my master's work, um, I did a lot of research on the radio business and the telecom act of 96 and how clear channel had basically ruined the industry. So I said, my first job with, 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 uh, out of college will not be with clear channel. It was my second. Uh, and I have actually been with clear channel, iHeartMedia for 20 years now, uh, <laughs> of all things. So, uh, but when I first left UF, um, I went to work for Westwood one, the radio network, um, and for doing affiliate sales. And the position was in San Antonio, Texas. That lasted all of five months before they shut down that, that, uh, position in that office and said, we'll pay you the same and you can do the same job in Valencia, California. I said, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> so I, I stuck around in San Antonio, uh, did some part-time work for KTSA and KTFM, which was an infinity at that point in time, and then managed to get a job at the corporate office of ta-da, Clear Channel, um, doing stuff ironically for the state of Florida. Um, so doing some back-end uh, 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 sales development, business ops, that kind of stuff. And that Lasted about a year and a half, and then that position kind of got changed. Well, thankfully, people I reported to said, well, you want to come back to Florida? I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> Bring me back home, baby. So I did. Uh, I had a choice of moving to Orlando or moving to Jacksonville area. And I was like, well, I'm going to be in, you know, live in the center of the state. Put me by the coast so I can Jacksonville and been here ever since. And that was uh, 04. Do you do any on-air work anymore? I have not. No. Other than some commercial work, you know, okay, they need a voice for something occasionally. It just never really presented itself. I didn't really chase it, honestly. Um, so no, I've only really been on the air in any sort of capacities for you know 20, 20 something years. How much do you miss it? <laughs> um, I'll have dreams. Have y'all this? Y'all ever had RUF dreams before? Yes, and I'm okay. so excited that you brought this up because I want to. <laughs> I want to talk about something. But go we, ahead. We can go. To, we can go to therapy together. Great. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll start. Listen. A lot of people have reoccurring nightmares that they're going back to high school and all, you know, they're not wearing any pants and whatever. I have a reoccurring nightmare. And I mean, maybe you guys have it too. I mean, that'd be great. Cause then we can like start group therapy, but <laughs> I'm at a radio station doing an air shift and I'm ready to crack on the mic. And I have everything set of what I'm going to touch on in my head. And I crack on the mic and I can't talk. <laughs> it is a reoccurring nightmare. You guys have never had that. Freud eat your heart out. Um, no, not that no. one. No, I've, I've, I can, I've had one where I've actually been like in, in the talk studio at the AM side, you know, I can see everything perfectly and then something goes down, you know, the, the building catches on fire or the sprinklers turn on or, you know, the 
snake wanders by. It goes off the rails from there. But it's definitely in RUF. I remember walking out of Don Rice's office in a dream one time, trying to do something, trying to get something on the air, doing the, the star guide or something. And, you know, again, everything goes to hell. Um, but yeah. I'm sure that I've had a dream from WRUF at some point, but the majority of past dreams or dreams about my past have been about working at Publix. I've had that so many times. That and, and high school, it's the end of the year. It's time to take exams, and I haven't been to class all year <laughs> long, which is not anything I ever did. I don't know why I have that dream. I never skipped class. I don't. Haunted by the pub sub in your dream is pretty bad. <laughs> uh, when was the last time you were back in Gainesville? Do you go off? Um, actually, sure middle of last year, I managed to finally get my way into Weimar, which I hadn't been mm-hmm. into for a long time. And I've been recently, um, but it is completely, it's, it's weird. It's, you can stand in a spot going, okay, I know what this should look like from this perspective, but it doesn't. I mean, it's completely different. The old, mm-hmm. you know, the studios are gone. Um, it's a conference room where my old office was. Um, it's someone's office for the AM control studio. There's still a, a talk studio is still a reserve studio they use or something. I'm not sure. Um, but of all that, I mean, all the advances we have made and everything, the elevator is freaking identical to when we were there. The same warped linoleum on the floor, the same awful, you know, fake wood paneling and the same odor. It smells exactly <laughs> the same as it did, you know, 25 years ago. So if you're a chance to go back, just go in the elevator and breathe. You'll, you'll, you'll be taken back all those years ago. But yeah, um, but it's impressive. The integrated news center is actually really impressive from what they did combining that, that area and stuff. So if you get a chance to go back, I highly recommend it. It's probably the kind of thing that the people who were working there at the time were thrilled. And anyone who worked there before that would probably go in and be like, oh, I'm so disappointed. It is. Yeah. Where, it is. Where, where's the thing I, I experienced? <laughs> this sucks. Yeah. I, I mean, it's good to see the advancements. Good to see where our you know alumni money may be going to, but um, it's it's it is kind of that that loss of you know kind of you know, lost that childhood memory kind of thing, so to speak. Do they you still know? have the red barber plaque on the wall, and then <laughs> each winner uh, is has their own little inscription, and then I it's stopped it's, at like 1990. I think it's somewhere in the building, but it's not where it not where it used to be. No, so okay, it's in someone's drawer in their office, probably <laughs> on eBay. Did you win any Red Barber awards or anything like that at the um, WRUF awards? I had the general manager award at one point, I think. Oh, nice. Yeah, because I was nice. technically kind of on the staff, so I wasn't really, you know, I was kind of putting nominees in for the awards and stuff. So I was considered yeah. staff at that point. What about you, Spano? Don't make me go get them right now. Uh, I want, <laughs> I, you don't have to get them, but okay. I would like to – what was it? I, I, I think I know what it was, but I'm not 100%. Uh, I won two. Uh, most Dependable. And okay. the rock, the rock. That's the rock. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. I got <laughs> most dependable the year after you, and the year after that. How's that for dependability? Yeah. That's good. That's consistency. <laughs> so I, I know they can't see this on when you when you post this, but this is my reward. Look at I have actually one of the old combo well, yeah. RUF, you know, one hundred four and eight hundred and fifty mug. So that's I'll, awesome. I'll send I'd love to have one of those. Yeah, 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 yeah I would love to have one of those. It's good, good quality. Uh, well, neoprene where they call that stuff. It's, it's plastic, but it's $3 on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can get one on Tradio. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything uh, you want to promote Jeff? Um, not really. I mean, I mean, what I'm doing now, what I kind of have been is my purview is actually is uh, FNN, the Florida news network. So we, and actually uh, RUF is still an affiliate. Uh, back then it was the, it was FRN, the Florida radio network. We've since been Florida News Network for probably 15 years or so. But so I kind of oversee both the affiliate um, 
affiliate management and sales for the Florida News Network and along with all the iHeart stuff that we do too. So uh, anyone wants to promote their business, um, they got to call Jeff Worthington at iHeartMedia.com. So 20 years and going strong. Great. Jeff, thanks so much for catching up with us. This has been awesome. It's been great, guys. It's been a while. Good to see you all. And congratulations on everything you've achieved, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much, Jeff. If you'd like to be a guest on an upcoming episode, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or email us at don'ttapptheglasspodcast at gmail.com.